Well, again, I welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church here to our online campus. Maybe normally you would come to the Modesto campus, or maybe normally you'd come to the Series campus, but I'm really glad that right now we can all be together in this online format and this broadcast. It might be that today's your first time with us, and if, it, if that's true, we're really glad that you're here. We're glad that you're our guest today. It might be that last weekend, and during Easter weekend, or sometime during Holy Week, was your first time joining us at Big Valley of Grace. And if so, we want to say welcome back. We're really glad to have you back. We're glad to have you join us again today. I want to give you a, an update regarding our series campus. Uh, this last week, during the week, with our, our leadership team and during the Wednesday night prayer call at 6 p.m., we announced our new series campus pastor, Pastor Tim Gianosa and his wife, Chris, and we want to extend an invitation to everyone on the series campus. If you'd like to meet Pastor Tim and his wife, Chris, you can do so this Wednesday at 6 p.m. on the series campus prayer call. So all you need to do is go to bigvalleygrace.org forward slash series campus. That's the series campus homepage. There's a button right there. You can click on it at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night, and it'll take you to the Zoom app where we're having our series campus prayer call. So take advantage of that opportunity, not only to meet the new series campus pastor, but also to connect with those on the series campus. Well, we're starting a new teaching series this weekend called On the Rock, uh, Stability to Weather the Storm. And our passage that we're looking at today, it's really the primary passage for the whole series, is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. So I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible, to take your Bible and open up to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. If you don't have a Bible, would you contact us? Let us know that you don't have a copy of the Word of God for yourself, because we want, to, we want to get a copy of the Word of God to you. So let us know that you need a Bible. We'd be happy to work with you uh, to get you a Bible. We want to do that. Well, this passage here, it really helps us see a forecast. And forecasts are something that we understand. It's pretty normal in our life. Uh, we, we look for forecasts to, to plan. I look at the forecast often for the weather. In the morning, I look at the forecast to find out, you know, what do I need to wear today? What the temperature is going to be? In the evening, I look at the forecast to find out, is it going to be raining in the middle of the night? Do I need to put anything, you know, away that's outside in the backyard? We look at uh, economic forecasts, even in our own personal budgets, and we say, okay, is this a, a moment where we need to watch what we're spending, or is this a time for us to be saving for some future expenses that we see coming up? In our you know, entire world right now, there is a global health forecast that we're all paying very close attention to uh, because of this virus. And so for all of us, we're learning. We're learning in our own homes, in our own lives, uh, really how to deal with times and see what's coming ahead and how do we prepare now. This is something that my wife and I, we've really been having a lot of conversation about recently regarding our 18-year-old son, you know, thinking about the forecast for his life, thinking about, you know, have we done what we've needed to do to help build a good foundation for him that he can stand up on his own as an adult and, you know, head out to college and to wherever it is that God would have him go. And so we've had a lot of conversations just thinking about, you know, thinking ahead for him and how we as mom and dad can be a blessing to him. 
You know, recently I was always going through some of my things. I found something that reminded me that my own parents really had a, a forecast for my own life, and they did something about it. I want to share with you what that is. In 1986, my parents gave me this Bible, and this Bible has a note in it, and they wrote a note to me to, to let me know kind of what they were thinking and what they were uh, kind of forecasting for my own life, and I want to share with you about this note. It says, as you read, you will find no greater book to compare to this one. Read some of God's word each day. And learn to quickly obey what you read, and you will grow in both knowledge and wisdom as you grow in age. You know, this gift, what an incredible gift from my parents in 1986, so many years ago. And as they looked ahead, and as they forecast what they knew that I would deal with, they wanted to help prepare me and equip me. And so they gave me the word of God. As Jesus is working with his disciples in this passage, he's forecasting for them what he knows is going to come up. He sees the storms that are ahead and he wants to help prepare them. He wants to prepare them that they might have stability to weather those storms that are surely coming in the same way that my mother and father wanted to help prepare me for what they could see that was coming ahead. What my wife and I, we've wanted to prepare our own 18-year-old son for what we can see is coming ahead in his own life. And surely the things that you're thinking about for your own life and your own home as you look ahead to the future. So let's enjoy this passage together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 begins like this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. See, in this moment, Jesus is forecasting for his disciples. He sees the storms that are surely going to come. And he's wanting to prepare them that they might have stability to weather the storms that are ahead. And in this passage, Jesus provides anchors for them that would anchor them to the rock. He shares with them what the results will be of being anchored to the rock. And he also provides them with some pretty severe warnings of what will happen if they choose to not hear his words and put them into practice. The damage that will come from the storms that are ahead if they're unprepared. So we'll begin where Jesus begins. And we're going to look at four anchors that provide stability on the rock. Four anchors that provide stability on the rock. The first one, anchor number one, is accept the invitation from Jesus. That's anchor number one. Accept the invitation from Jesus. And we begin here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, with just the very first two words. Everyone then. This is a clear invitation to everyone. It's saying everyone. 
And then that word then helps us understand that what's coming next are the, the qualifications of this invitation. But Jesus, he extends wide to everyone. And this invitation goes out to everyone. In Mark chapter 7, verse 37, it says this about Jesus. It says that he does all things well. He does all things well. Well, one of the things that he does well is he invites well. Jesus extends an excellent invitation. Listen to some of the invitations that Jesus extends. Maybe the most famous invitation of all is in John chapter 3, verse 16. And Jesus says, whoever believes in me should not perish, but will have eternal life. Jesus extends it to all. Whoever, whoever. And then he gives an action step. Whoever believes in Jesus would not perish, but would have eternal life. Another invitation is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, again, he extends the invitation wide. Come to me all who labor labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Another invitation that Jesus extends is recorded in John chapter seven, verse 37. It's on the great day of the feast. Jesus stands up in a big crowd and he says, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And the verse goes on to say that Jesus explains that rivers of living water will flow up out of a person's life. He's talking about the Holy Spirit of God being in us because we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And so Jesus here, he extends it wide and he says, everyone then, and he extends this invitation. And so anchor number one, to to be anchored to the rock is simply accept the invitation from Jesus. Anchor number two is listen with humility to Jesus. This anchors us to the rock. Listen with humility to Jesus. We go on in our passage in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, everyone then who hears. So the invitation to Jesus and then this opportunity to listen with humility to Jesus. Everyone who hears. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, Jesus says this. He, he says it in this way to help us understand. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So what he's communicating is that there are folks who have ears but are not listening. And so he says, he who has ears to hear, you're actually listening with your ears, let him hear. You know, there's many barriers to listening. I experience barriers to listening. I'm sure that you experience barriers to listening. You know, one of the the most common barriers to listening is talking. While I'm talking, I have a very hard time listening at the same time I am talking because I'm focused on what I'm saying. Another barrier to listening is thinking about what it is I'm going to talk about next while the other person is talking. And so all I can think about and all I'm hearing are my own words in my mind preparing what it is I'm going to say next. And it's a barrier to listening. Another barrier to listening is criticizing, that as I'm hearing the words from someone else who is talking and communicating to me, that I'm, 
I'm tearing down what they're saying and I'm, I'm breaking it down and I'm really being critical of what I'm hearing and I'm judging as I'm listening. It's an incredible barrier to listening. Another barrier to listening is ignoring. And I think that goes along with what Jesus is saying here. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. Well, often I have ears, but I'm not paying attention at all to what I'm hearing. And maybe the biggest barrier to listening is pride. That my own pride won't allow me to hear when anyone wants to communicate to me. There's incredible barriers to listening. We all struggle with them. In James chapter 1, verse 19, James writes, Let every person, so this is for all of us, let every person be quick to hear. Wow, that's difficult. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so the second anchor we look at here, it's listen with humility to Jesus. The first anchor is accept the invitation from Jesus. The second anchor is listen with humility to Jesus. The third anchor, anchor number three, is prioritize the message of Jesus. Prioritize the message of Jesus. As we look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, the verse goes on to say, Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Jesus is extending an invitation. He's asking for us to listen with humility. And he's asking us to prioritize his words over other words. That the message of Jesus would have priority in our life. Now when he says these words of mine, in the immediate context, Jesus is referring to the Sermon on the Mount. It's the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever preached. And in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, you can read the Sermon on the Mount. I would encourage you to do that this week. And the passage that we're looking at today, these verses we're looking at, are the finale of this great sermon. He's closing the great sermon with these words. And he's saying, whoever hears these words of mine, and he's referring to immediate context of the Sermon on the Mount. But what we also know to be true from Scripture is that all of the Bible are the words of Jesus. That's the word of God. And so we can also then say, well, as I read all of the Bible, I need to prioritize the message of Jesus in my life. In fact, in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And it's talking about Jesus. So also we understand that Jesus himself is the Word. He's the living Word. And we're to prioritize Jesus as the living Word. In our lives. In Psalm 138:2, it says, You've exalted above all things your name and your word. So God has put a high priority above all things. He's exalted his name and his word. Paul, when he writes to the church in Corinth, he, he, he tells them, I gave you what was of first importance, what I also received. And what he's talking about, giving as of first importance, it was the message of Jesus. It's the gospel message about Jesus that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried, 
And then on the third day, he rose again to new life. And so this third anchor is prioritize the message of Jesus. It brings us to our, our fourth anchor. This is anchor number four. Obey the commands of Jesus. Obey the commands of Jesus. As we look in our verse, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. So it's not enough just to hear the words of Jesus and to prioritize the message of Jesus. We actually have to put those words into action in our own life and obey these commands that Jesus has given us. In James, it addresses this issue in the book of James in the Bible, in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 24, and it gives an illustration that I think will make sense for all of us. It's very clear, this illustration. It says, but be doers of the word. So take action, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So, so we need to be doers of the word. If we're just listening to the word and not doing anything about it, we actually deceive ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then he goes away and at once he forgets what he was like. So if I listen to the words of God and I do nothing about them, I'm like looking into the mirror to see my own face, and then when I walk away, I forget whatever I saw. And so listening without action, it equals no change. It equals no results, at least not the results that we were hoping for. So let's review these anchors. Anchor number one is accept the invitation from Jesus. Anchor number two is listen with humility to Jesus. Anchor number three is prioritize the message of Jesus. And anchor number four is obey the commands of Jesus. So what happens? What happens if we're anchored to the rock? Well, in this passage, Jesus goes on to talk about that. And we see at least three results of being anchored to Jesus. Three results of being anchored on the rock. And result number one is your life will be characterized by God's wisdom. Your life will be characterized by God's wisdom. I want you to consider something for a moment. I want you to think about the person who knows you best, the person who really truly understands you as a person. If they were to use one word to describe you, what would the one word that the person who knows you best, what's the one word they would use to describe you. What would that word be? It's interesting to consider. Well, here in this verse, we learn something about the person who's anchored on the rock. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it goes on to say, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Man, the result of being anchored to Jesus is that the word that characterizes your life is wise. Now, right now, you may be thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> I got a problem. I don't know if that's the word that characterizes my life. Well, the beautiful thing about God is he gives us this instruction, but then he also knows we're going to lack wisdom. And he tells us what to do when we recognize that we lack wisdom. In fact, in James chapter one, verse five, it literally clearly says it in this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask God who gives generously to all. And so it might be right now the most simple thing for you to do is to acknowledge to God, God, I lack wisdom. And I need to ask you, God, for wisdom. And God, I'm going to trust that your word's true and that you're going to give generously to me the wisdom that I need. The first result of being anchored to Jesus, being anchored on the rock, is that your life will be characterized by God's wisdom. Result number two is that your life will be built on God's foundation. Your life will be built on God's foundation. It might be good to consider for a moment, what are you building your life on? What is the foundation that you're building your life on? When you think about today, next week, next month, next year, five years from now, ten years from now, where you're building your life towards... What's the foundation that you have right now that you're building on? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, we go on in our verse to say, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who built his house on the rock. If God were to forecast your life, if God were to look ahead, to next week, to next month, to next year, to five years from now, to 10 years from now. If God were to forecast your life, when God looks ahead and he sees what's ahead for you, what will he see as the foundation? What will he see as what you have built with your life? What will God look ahead and see in your ability to have stability to weather the storms that will surely come ahead. Result number two is that your life will be built on God's foundation. Result number three of being anchored to Jesus, being anchored on the rock, is your life will go through difficult circumstances with God's stability. It's not a question of, are you going to go through difficult circumstances? No, you are. We all are. But you will go through those difficult circumstances with the stability that God has for you. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 25, it says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. A beautiful result of being anchored to Jesus is that when you go through difficult circumstances, you will go through them with God's stability. You know, the Bible describes what the church is to be like in many different places, in many different ways. But one of those places in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the household of God. It talks about the church of the living God. And it describes it with these words, that the church of the living God is a pillar and buttress to the truth. It's a pillar and buttress to the truth, so that even when the storms come, even when the rains fall, even when the wind beats on your life, the church of God will be standing strong, stable to weather the storm, holding up the truth of God. It's an incredible result of being anchored to Jesus is that you will go through the storms and you will go through them with God's stability. 
So let's review these results. The first result is that your life will be characterized by God's wisdom. The second result is your life will be built on God's foundation. And the third result is your life will go through those difficult circumstances with God's stabilities, with God's stability. So we've looked at these four anchors. We've looked at these three results. And you know, Jesus could have stopped right there. He's given us the anchors, how to be anchored to the rock. He's given us the results of what it is to be anchored to him, to be anchored to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to talk about some very severe warnings, and there's at least three of them. We'll look at at least three of them from this passage. Three warnings, I'll phrase it this way, of living off the rock. Three warnings of living off the rock. The first warning, warning number one, is your life will be characterized by poor choices. Your life will be characterized by poor choices. Listen to how the verse explains it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. It says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. The one word that is used to describe a person who chooses to live off the rock in this passage is foolish. You know, it made me think about the phrase, an old phrase, uh, to describe somebody who is living foolishly. And it's this phrase, who, who, you know, we talk about that person, that man, that he's off his rocker, that he's, he's, he's off his rocker. And how similar that phrase, off his rocker, is to really someone who's living off the rock. Because what this verse tells us is that if you choose to live off the rock, that you'll be like a foolish man. So the first warning that Jesus gives, which is just a severe warning, is that your life will be characterized by poor choices. You'll be like a foolish person. The second warning that Jesus gives is your life will be constantly be shifting and unstable. Your life will constantly be shifting and unstable. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 26, it says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Who built his house on the sand. The sand's a really horrible place to build a house. The sand is constantly shifting. It's very unstable. About three years ago, uh, my son and I, we were, our whole family was down south of San Diego. We were, we were at a beach. We are just north of the United States and Mexico border. And my oldest son and I, we took a couple surfboards and we went out to go surf together. And at the beach that day, in the water, there was an extremely strong current. As you looked out to the ocean, it was moving you know, from the right to the left, from north to south, and the, the current was just pulling very hard. I had my surfboard in my hand. I was about uh, waist deep out in the water, and it was, this current was pushing on my body so hard, I was taking you know, my feet in one foot at a time. I was trying to make some progress to get past the pull of this current. And as I placed my foot down on the sand, it would sink in a little bit, and then I would place my next foot down on the sand, it would sink a little bit, and I was pushing as hard as I could, one foot at a time, and then finally, I placed my right foot down in the sand, and I pushed off, and I felt my knee pop as the current pushed so strong against my leg. 
In that coming week, my knee swelled enormously, and I find out that I had tore and damaged my meniscus. The strain of pushing against sand that shifted from below my feet, it caused my knee just to kind of blow apart, and great damage took place. And this kind of leads us to warning number three. Because warning number three is your life will experience great damage. Your life will experience great damage. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 27, it goes on to say, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, the point of this verse is that that would not be true of our lives, is that when our lives go through the storm, the warning here is that our lives wouldn't be where we've ignored the words of Jesus, we've ignored doing anything about the words of Jesus, and our lives fall, and great is the fall of our lives. And so Jesus is giving these warnings to help us avoid the severe damage that is sure to come if we live off the rock. As I thought about uh, the importance of a solid foundation, it reminded me of some friends of mine. They, they, they owned a home a while back in a, a town south of Modesto. And this home in, in one corner of a room, it, it had tile throughout the house. And in one corner of the room, the, the tile began to crack. And they were looking, oh, that's odd. The tile's starting to crack. It was a brand new home. And... Uh, the next week, the, the crack had kind of moved across that room. And the tile had cracked all the way across the room in, a, in this zigzag pattern. And then the next week, they, they noticed that the tile cracked, and it cracked all the way down the hallway. And the next week happened, and the, the crack now, you know, it was cracked all the way across the kitchen and the dining room. And now there was tile that was cracked from one end of the house all the way to the other in a brand new home. The tile was cracked all the way across. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So when it first started happening and then the tile began to crack, they noticed it was a small area. They thought, oh, okay, well, we'll just replace that tile. So they pulled up that tile and, and just replaced that tile. But you know what ended up happening? It ended up cracking again. And it doesn't matter how many times you put down new tile, it just kept cracking. Because once they pulled all the tile up and they found out what was going on, they realized that the foundation was bad. And there was literally a crack in the foundation from one end of the house to the other. And no matter how many times they put down tile, it's going to crack over and over again. And that is the same thing that is true for our lives. If our foundation is bad, it doesn't matter how many times we retile our lives. We're going to end up cracked. We're going to end up cracked cracked over and over again, we'll keep replacing the tile because we're not addressing the real issue. And that is, what is our life built on? What is our life built on? You know, there's a, an incredible um, passage that we're going to sing about in just a moment here. And we're going to sing this verse together. But it comes out of Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. And God says this, he writes this through the psalmist. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Now what's important to understand about this context, about this verse, is that the context of this verse is war. 
It's battle. It's turmoil. And it is conflict. And in the middle of the conflict, in the middle of the turmoil, in the middle of the battle, and in the middle of the war, God is speaking to his people. And he's saying, even though it's chaos all around you, be still and know that I am God. Even when the storm is raging and the rain is falling and the wind is blowing and our lives are are feeling like we're just getting beat up on, God's communicating to us, be still and know that I am God. You see, because Jesus, he forecasts and he sees the storm that is ahead. And in this passage, He's communicating to his disciples. Here's what's going to anchor you to the rock. Here's what the result is going to be of being anchored to the rock. And here's a great warning if you choose not to be anchored to the rock because Jesus knows the storm is coming and he's wanting to provide stability. And he wants to provide stability for you and me as well. That even in the midst of this storm, even in the midst of the conflict and in the midst of the chaos, that we might be still and know that he is God. I pray that you would be blessed and you're ministered to as you enjoy this song.
Isn't that a beautiful song? My friend John wrote that song, and every time I hear it, I'm so encouraged as we just think about the truth that Scripture has for us. In the middle of all that's going on, be still and know that He is God. You know, as I think about this Bible that my parents gave me in 1986, if I were maybe to use a phrase to maybe capture what I think It was that they wanted to help me in my life as they forecast ahead and kind of saw things I couldn't see. I was too young to understand what would come ahead. Maybe the phrase that I would use that was maybe the intent of my parents giving me this Bible and writing this note to me and giving me this encouragement is that they were trying to help me avoid a landslide. That they would help me avoid a landslide, that they they knew the storms, they knew the uncertainties that lie ahead in life. And as a young person, they wanted to instill in me something that would provide me with a strong foundation so that when those times came, I could avoid a landslide. I think clearly in the text that we look at today, it's Jesus's heart to his disciples as he's teaching to them, as he knows for, cer- for certainty and, and with, with sure thought ahead that those storms are coming. And he wants them to have a foundation which is him, it's Jesus, so that when that storm comes, that they might be able to avoid a landslide. I think about maybe you. I know we're connected here really all over the world, not just in Modesto, not just in Ceres, not just in Stanislaus County, but we're connected all throughout California and in other states and in other places in the world. And I don't know fully what is going on in your life, but maybe today is a moment where you're now recognizing that you need Jesus Christ as your foundation Maybe a landslide has already hit in your life. Maybe it's making sense to you 
But you need to have Jesus as your foundation so that you can avoid the landslide, the potential danger that is ahead. I want to give you an opportunity for all of us that we'd come before the Lord in prayer right now and we would come before him and ask him, ask him to be our foundation. That we would ask Jesus to be our rock. That we would ask God to help us build our life on him. And so, if you're ready to have Jesus become your foundation, to have Jesus become your rock, to build your life on a strong foundation, the rock of Jesus, would you bow with me in prayer? Would you bow your head and close your eyes as we pray together? We go before the Lord together in prayer. Father God, Lord, we come before you and we come before you humbly. We humble our hearts before you, God. And Lord, right now, we want to start by saying thank you. Thank you that you have given us opportunity to understand how to have a solid foundation for our lives. Lord, thank you that Jesus Christ can be our rock. And so, Lord, for us right now, there may be some of us where for the very first time we're coming to you, Lord, and we're asking you to be our rock, to be our foundation. It may be that for some of us, this is a moment of recommitment and reaffirmation. Wherever we're at, God, in this moment, Lord, we come to you and we ask, Lord Jesus Christ, would you be our rock? Would you be our foundation? God, would you be our foundation? We ask you together right now, we ask you, Lord Jesus, would you become our rock? In addition, Lord, we think about how we're building our life and what we're building our life with. And God, we come before you in this moment and we ask humbly, God, would you help us build our life on you? Lord Jesus, would you help us build our life on a solid foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ? Lord Jesus, would you help us build our life on you? And God, because we want to have faith and believe that as you extend this invitation to us, we're going to have it. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to get what we're asking for. We're, we're going to have Jesus as our rock, and we're going to be able to build our life on a sure foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ. God, right now, together, right now, we want to say thank you, God. Thank you for being our rock. And thank you for helping us build our life on you. And Lord, we want to say thank you for when those storms come, that we're going to have stability to weather the storm because our lives have been built on the rock. And so right now, God, we say thank you. Just express your thanks to God for how he's going to carry you through the storms that are ahead. And so Lord, all of us, Right now, maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe as a time of recommitment, Lord, we're coming to you and we're trusting in Jesus Christ for our salvation. We're trusting in Jesus Christ to be our rock and our foundation. And we pray this, we pray this in the name of the rock, the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen, amen.
If you just prayed with me, if you just prayed and asked for Jesus to be your rock, for, for God to be your foundation, that he'd help build your life on him, that he'd help you weather the storms that are ahead. We want to we wanna celebrate with you and we want to come alongside you to help you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to do this. I want to ask you to simply text Jesus. Pull out your phone. That's right. We're in church right now, and I'm asking you to pull out your phone. It's okay. Pull out your phone. Pull out your phone and text Jesus to the number that's on your screen. Text Jesus to 1-833-710-0303. Text Jesus to this number. And when you text Jesus to this number, we're going to send you back some information that will help you know maybe some next steps that you can take as you build your life on Jesus Christ. And so all you have to do, it's very simple, just text Jesus to 1-833-710-0303. And if this is the first time you've ever texted us or communicated with us in any form, you may receive just a simple contact form. Just fill that out and submit that, and then we'll be able to send the resources to you to help you understand how to take a next step in following Jesus. One of those resources that we're gonna send you is called the Follow Class. And the Follow Class is an online class. It's on Monday nights from 6.30 to 7.30. It's just an hour long. It's in an online format where we have an opportunity just to walk with you. The pastors of our church just wanna walk with you and to help you in understanding how to follow Jesus Christ, how to take some steps to build your life on Jesus Christ. Now, it may be that you prayed today. It may be that last week you placed your faith in Jesus Christ or last month or it's been a while, but you haven't let anybody know. I would encourage you to just simply text Jesus to the number that's on your screen. We wanna include you in this. And if you've recently come to faith, and you're new as a Christian in following Jesus, just simply text Jesus to this number. We want you to be a part. We're really excited to come alongside you as you learn to have Jesus Christ be your rock, as you learn to build your life on him, that you might have stability to weather the storms that are ahead. It has been a real privilege to be together today. We've really enjoyed worshiping with you, being in the word of God together, bringing gifts to the Lord together. We look forward to Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're going to have our online Bible study, and we'd love to be with you again in that moment. I hope you've enjoyed today. I know that I have. I hope you have a wonderful day living on the rock. Take care.